the Parkinson Spiegel Show. If y'all ready, give me a hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. The guys that part of my take, Big Cat and PFT, had Poles and Eberflus together. Damn, Eberflus. I wish Eberflus did more of that kind of talking. He's a cat guy, though? Yeah. Is, is that what you're telling me? It says that you have four cats. Oh, Incorrect. No. I have two cats. Oh, okay. no. They were adopted when I was in Dallas. Okay. Okay. And named after the movie Frozen, Anna and Elsa. Okay. So it's incorrect. So the four cats thing is a, we can dispel that. Yes, Don't you, use your kids to get out of this. No. If you're a it's, cat it, guy, it you're a cat like guy. Like <laughs> well, I've been, I've been around ladies my whole life. So I got uh-huh. two daughters and I got my wife of 27 years. So uh, they are certainly cat people. And now I am a cat person. Uh, a cat guy. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to know that there are other cat people in the world. A two I told cat. you. I, I, there was something off about Eberflus <laughs> from the moment I saw him. This is just only going to embolden. Yeah. So this would be a little bit of a you know, cat and dog play. Yeah. And they let him off the hook there. Just because he's not a four-cat guy, being a two-cat guy is... Blamed it on his daughters. He did. His daughters and his wife. Yeah. He's been around ladies his whole life. <laughs> I've been around ladies my whole life. <laughs> his wife for 27 years and his two daughters. So I think we know what Floos was trying to say. That These are the only ones. These are the only ones. That he's loved enough to get him to become a cat person. I think that's what he said. Get him the f*** out. He's a snake with fur. The old Italians will tell you, you can't even put them around the baby. They suck the breath right out. Well, you're the only baby here, so we're ahead of the game. You want to be wearing this f***ing on your head? I said get rid of him. Now I am a cat person. I'm not sure what the Bears are doing here. One, One, two, three. And here we go, Jim. Here we go. Here we go, Jim. Here we go, Tony. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Afternoons from 2 to 6 on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. It's distressing that the Bears coach is a cat guy. I, I agree. And to be clear, it's not like a, a masculine feminine thing for me. I really dislike the personality of 95% of the cats that I have ever interacted with. I feel like they own you. And 100% of the cat people. Yeah. <laughs> no. I, I feel like they own you. Like they're like... They're, they deign to hang out with you. They put their scent on you so they can come back and take advantage of you. You're lucky to walk around your house because it's really the cat's house is the way it always feels. Yeah, it's nothing, it has nothing to do with masculine and feminine. It has everything to do with judgment. <laughs> <laughs> like Ryan Poles. I feel comfortable with him trading the number one pick. Dog guy. Matt Eberflus, defensive guy and cat guy. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's two strikes and you're out as far as my book goes. You've got your issues. I do. Well, yeah, listen, it's really just that I'm allergic to cats. But uh, Yeah, me too. Yeah, but uh, everything else I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> Personal preference. A dog's love is everlasting. That's what I said once and regretted forever. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. But at least it wasn't said to anybody uh, significant in the sports uh, culture in this town. It was yeah, just no- uh, checks notes, Justin Fields. Give my man uh, Omar some extra, extra uh, treats tonight, and he, and he should be good. I will. I will. Because, you know, he, the, the, the dog's love is, is completely everlasting. Oh, yeah. It's completely everlasting. Forgot about that. It makes my skin crawl. And it's not a dog's love. It's the dog's love. Until that dog dies, right, Danny? Ugh. Hate man, everything about that. It's completely everlasting. It's just such a cool clip. Give a man Omar some love. Yes. That's great. Yeah. Oh, we're vibing. We're talking about dogs. Do you You're think s- he still thinks about that moment, Justin? <laughs> no. And honestly, I don't think about it 
until I'm around you guys, Just, which is unfortunately every day. Justin was at the combine. He's like, man, where's the dude who told me that the dog's love is completely everlasting? I can't rule it out. Fields drops back to pass. He's looking for a receiver. That guy said the dog's love is everlasting. <laughs> and it's intercepted. Yeah. That's why he takes so many sacks. Danny's fault. Yeah, he froze possible. him. Froze him with that. He's thinking about <laughs> Why would someone say something so idiotic? <laughs> Damn, oh, I missed the guy in the slot. Possible. Anything's possible. Uh, Gary mm. Fensick. His name was floated for Bears president, uh, or at least top football guy, you know, many a time in this town over the last decade. Yeah, it's very common. Like, that's a very successful guy, both financially and, and otherwise, professionally, and just cerebral, pays attention, watches the game, respected. Why not that guy for president? Right. He cares. He watches. Yeah. He's involved with the team. But then we would call him sometimes and be like, hey, so have you heard from him on this issue? He's like, no. No, they don't talk to me. <laughs> it's just like, oh, that's kind of weird. Uh, but, but are you still involved? He's like, yeah, I'm heavily involved. Bears Charities, the Alumni Network. I'm there four times a week. <laughs> He's like, they all got my number. Like, but they never call and ask about like, anything significant. I'm like, oh, well, that's too bad. Yeah. Uh, for money, they call. But for, for opinions on other things, how it's run, they don't call. But look at our colleagues, Dan Weeder and uh, David Haw with the Take the North podcast. They tracked down Gary Fensick and had a conversation. It's executive produced by Adam Stadzinski. They did good work. And uh, basically, they talked to him. And uh, we're going to play a few clips here. You should download the whole thing. It's the Take the North podcast. But uh, who Fensick is talking to around the league about fields and the number one pick? I mean, he was great on the run. No, but you know, I talked to Ron Rivera. I talked to Leslie Frazier, the D coordinator before the Buffalo game. Everybody has the same thing. Keep the guy in the pocket and he can't beat you. And and that's true for any young quarterback, you know, they can run like crazy. And he had an, I mean, he's not going to have a season like that probably the rest of his career. Right. I hope not. I hope not because you know what? He needs to be able to demonstrate that he can really develop some consistency. And, and for the whole offense, that means to get some rhythm. I mean, I was a wide receiver at, at, in college. And you know what? If your quarterback doesn't see you repeatedly when you're wide open, and or more than anything else, it's like, oh, instead of getting five or six catches in a game, you only get three. It's hard, it's hard because, you know, I'm trying to figure out zone read and or is it man or how's this guy, is this guy really good at bumping and running and all that? So by the time you get into the second half and the fourth quarter, you kind of know how you're going to set up or which, which plays are going to work uh, better than others. And with the Bears passing offense, they, they didn't have that. Uh, because of they didn't have consistency at the wide receiver position, but really, you know, Fields as good as he did, and he definitely made progress. You need to see whether or not he can take that next step. And it's not that he won't be able to, but he has to be able to take that next step because he's either going to get hurt, and it may not be, you know, running the ball as much as just scrambling around and all of a sudden you get in an awkward position where there are two 350-pound guys who fall on you and you do something, and, and, you know, now we're going on to the next quarterback. Would you, in his shoes, consider looking at one of these quarterbacks that we've talked about at the top of the draft to, to, to leave your mind open to be blown away in the next seven weeks? I, I don't see that. I mean, that's, that's taking a real risk, and I think it would, just, it would be really hard because now you're just really saying that you're going to restart mm -hmm. at the most important position. And I just wonder, you know – he hasn't been fully committed, but if right. you're a player on that team, come on. I mean, you know, it's like, oh, here we go again. Now we got a new regime, and they they now are saying after two years, oh no, we got that doesn't count. Right. And you know, as much as you know, having hits 
you know, is a, is a great, uh, you know, thing to, to talk about. Most of those guys aren't going to be here in three years. So when you're talking about developing a culture, when you in the NFL have a 25% turnover every year, but you've got to have those core people and they don't have it. They don't have it in the front seven. That's for sure. I mean, there's no way that front four is going to be around in a starting position for the Chicago Bears, or we're never going to get past 500. And so, you know, this is the opportunity, not just for this year, but for the next couple of years to start layering in, you know, some hopefully future Hall of Fame players. Wow. That's, you know, what I love that because he's, he's able to say and talk to people who say, boy, he's got a lot to work on, a lot to work on. But no, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. Like it, it, it speaks to the truth of the moment. Um, and he's just so cavalierly thrown out. I talked to Ron Rivera. Yeah, well, it, it also speaks to the very specific thing that he needs to get better at. It's not just the layups. It's it's not just passing. It's not just the second year in the system. It is passing from the pocket. Because if you could beat him from the pocket, yeah. they can't totally sell out to keep you in the pocket. And then when they do that, then you can get out of the pocket. Like, you know, you, you can't do both with his level of athleticism. So, you know, just him talking to other NFL coaches, defensive coaches, on what the game plan is for yeah. fields, it was evident in the tape later in the year. And we talk about it in baseball all the time. You adjust to the adjustments, then you got to adjust to the adjustments of the adju- all that. Like, in the mini-buy, the Bears adjusted. Then the league adjusted back. Then the league adjusted back, and his last few games were not very good. Right. And so now, over the offseason, improvement, mastery of the system, better pieces around him, all of that stuff, can he get to the point where there is no real game planning against him? Because Uh if he can beat you deep with his arm, and he can beat you with his legs, and he can beat you from the pocket on just, I'll take four yards and I'll get it to second and six, and I'm not taking a sack here. Yeah. Well, then you can't beat him. That's why offense beats defense in the NFL these days. Yeah, you know, that play that was broken down in the Weederer piece, um, and you and I talked about it a little on Thursday, then I got a chance to read the whole thing and talk about it with Weederer on Friday, um, where he's looking left. It was a first down at the 48 against the Lions. And he's, he's looking left. And he decides not to throw it. Which wide receiver was it? It was the former Niner. Dante Pettis. Dante Pettis. So he decides not to throw it to Dante Pettis. Yeah. And I remember you, Daddy Parkins, saying, yeah, but that's Dante Pettis. But then when I actually read the piece in the context, the point isn't even. Like, this was a moment where there is a point available. If he didn't like Pettis, at least take the check down. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, oh, I don't like that for whatever reason. Immediately just turn, take the check down, get five yards, <clears throat> then it's second and five from the 43, as opposed to using the energy to avoid a rush, try to make something happen, and what? Possibly get five yards? So it's second and five from the 43. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, not to use the energy and to take what's given there and just keep the ball rolling. Keep it moving. And that's like retraining your instincts. And, that, and so that's a big ask. It's a very difficult ask. Um, I think he's up for it. I sure hope he's up for it, but, you know, we'll see. Yeah, and if he isn't, it's why I keep liking it. We're going to talk about it probably 100 times between now and the draft, this idea now of trading down further, not getting as great of a prospect at the top of this draft, trusting polls to still hit it with the first pick, and having a ton of capital for next year's draft and the year after as insurance. Because, yeah, maybe the team that gets the number one pick won't trade out of it because Caleb Williams is such a lock. 
but maybe it would be a team like the Jaguars last year. Right. Like if the Jaguars had the top pick in the Caleb Williams draft, they would trade it. And if this was a draft where you had to pay, you know, 150 cents on the dollar to move up and get the number one pick, and we're hoping that it's a draft where you got to pay 120 cents on the dollar yep. to move up, the teams that would be the most suited to do it in this draft, Lions, Texans, the team Seahawks, the teams with two first-round picks, yeah. right? No one thinks the Texans are going to trade two and 12 to move up from two to one. No one thinks that. But if Caleb Williams was in the draft... They would do it in a heartbeat. They would do it in a heartbeat. You'd probably have to give up one next year, too. You, right? So like that, that, But that's how you move up in super premium years to get quarterbacks if the team at the number one pick is actually open for business on taking him. So it's like an insurance policy Absolutely. against Fields. And guess what? If if Fields is that dude and you decide and you sign you sign him and you go long-term, then you got a whole bunch of picks to use. Well, right. That's what I'm saying. It's an insurance policy. Mm-hmm. It, it, hopefully, Fields is great and you just get to sprinkle in blue-chip caliber players in the yeah. next couple of years to support him on cheap deals. For um, anybody just hearing it or turning it on, that was Gary Fensick, the former Bears safety Yale grad uh, respected elder statesman and thoroughly connected and, and cogent source of conversation on the take the North podcast. So he also talked about the, the idea of the bears trading back. The cupboard is pretty bare right now. And if you look on the defensive side, you got rid of your best linebacker, Roquan Smith, I guess, well, maybe with Mac too, but you, you let those guys though. And then Quinn. And so now here's an opportunity to really stack up, but not just on one draft. I think they have an opportunity, and they're going to look at everything. They're going to have an opportunity to really probably get high draft choices over the next couple of years. And, you know, I, I heard a stat the other day. I looked it up. Only 30% of first-round draft choices in the NFL make it to the second contract, signing with their, their, the team that drafted them. Right. So if you if just say a third of your players over the next, you know, let's be generous, over your first, second, and third-round picks – 50% of them aren't going to pan out, if not more, then you've got to have choices. And I don't think the Bears are in a position to really rely on one game changer. I mean, if you've got, you know, whoever it is. And so they have to be looking. And, you know, they got fortunate that the quarterbacks did well in the combine. So that probably ups the ante a little bit, particularly with Richardson from Florida. What a monster, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at those and go – Nobody could be that big and that fast, uh, but it, but it improves their chances of, you know, if they choose and the opportunity presents itself, to be able to get high draft choices this year and next year and still get high quality players uh, in their their first couple of picks. Hmm. I think it's good stuff. Yep. I think that is totally logical, and it goes. It's kind of like the Eagles thing we were talking about with AJ Brown, like. The Eagles were able to trade a draft pick, a first rounder, and a contract because they thought he was the last piece. You have this unbelievable opportunity. Yeah, maybe Will Anderson is Miles Garrett. But if Miles Garrett was on the Bears, how many wins does he add to this team? Mm-hmm. One? Maybe? Maybe two? Maybe. You know, like it's just they're not a top five edge rusher away. Now, that doesn't mean you wouldn't want Miles Garrett on the Bears because he's an elite player at a premium position. But you are more benefited by taking the chance at adding three or four or five contributing pieces 
and having that over time add up to being worth more than one superstar player. For sure. Um, and, uh, boy, I'm really hoping that the double trade down happens. Um, I've, I've been wanting it, and it's in Dane Brugler's mock draft today on The Athletic. If anybody missed it, they trade down to four before free agency. And then, after, you know, if they did that, then they could trade from four to nine after free agency. He's got them doing the double trade down. He doesn't mention the timing, but the timing of that would I uh, would would the, be ideal. The reason why the urgency might be there is because the free agent class isn't good. You have to, by league rule, spend a certain amount of money in a rolling period of time over multiple years. The Bears have to spend a ton of cash this offseason. And if it's not a good free agent class, a way to spend that money Two ways you could do it creatively. Extend your own people. Mm-hmm. Why we're expecting, or at least I'm expecting, Jalen Johnson and Cole Komet to sign contract extensions. And you can acquire another team's expensive piece. Oh, DeForest Buckner's not a free agent, but I'll trade for DeForest Buckner. That helps me spend that money and it adds an area of need. I'm not against the double trade back. I just like, you know, Dan called him, uh, called Poles antsy today. I just think that's the opposite of what he needs to be. You can trade back twice on draft day. Like draft day trades do not come up like just on the day of the draft. The framework is being worked out days, weeks, months leading up to it. And it's like, okay, uh, Carolina, if we've traded back to four and your quarterback's there at four, and you want to get in front of Seattle and Vegas, Mm -hmm. what's the price you're willing to pay to move up to nine to four? And then the only call that needs to be made on draft day is, hey, Carolina, ready to do it? Is your quarterback there? Danny, I watched the movie. Okay. I know, but I'm just saying like, like, so I'm not against it. I think it's great. And it also uh, like a little investment principle diversifies your assets, right? If you just trade down with Carolina, and you have Carolina's first-round pick this year yeah. and their first-round pick in 2024 and their first-round pick in 2025, now you have a huge amount of your the future value of your team tied up in Carolina being bad. Right, if you do that with India, Indianapolis or And Indiana. then with Carolina, uh-huh. you've diverse like, then Indy being bad and Carolina being bad, yep. or, like, that, that matters to you. And so you can kind of diversify your assets that way. Last thing we wanted to play from Gary Fensick on the Take the North podcast was, uh, you know, people talked about him as being a football czar. Well, the Bears hired Kevin Warren sure to, be did, their, Danny. to be their president. And it matters a lot. Oh, it's super exciting. It, it matters. No, it does. Young fella. I, I know you don't trust when I say it. No, no. Well, trust sure. when Fensick says it. Well, I, I, I'm interested in hearing what he has to say. I would say one his personality alone, right? I mean, George McCaskey has made it very clear that he doesn't, you know, make football decisions, but he's invisible to the team. And so I think that Kevin is going to be a more omnipresent person. I mean, not, not, not in a negative way, but people are going to know, hey, this person is looking over everything and he has knowledge about football. And he's going to put his imprint on that, you know? And so I think everybody just kind of straightened up a little bit more. Yeah. And they're going to say, Hey, someone's looking and somebody knows what to look for. And so I think that that just not in a negative way, but in a real positive way, you should say as a person working in the building, whether it's, you know, development of sponsors to the GM to, you know, how we conduct ourselves. Because, you know, if you really do want to be a great franchise, uh, which the Bears is, 
but they have a lot of room for improvement. And I think leadership is really critically important. But I think this franchise needs better leadership in terms of the day-to-day for football. Oh, yeah. Bring it. Bring it. Leadership. Yes. Making people stand up and pay attention. Taking uh, the weight off of uh, Ryan Poles for any sort of administrative stuff that Poles wishes a president was doing. Now, this guy will do all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's the stuff. Oh, yeah. That's 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 the good stuff. That's the stuff that we just need. We just need this guy to do this stuff. It's a little bit of little little Gilbert Godfrey right there. Yeah. That's the good stuff. That's the good stuff. (laughs) That's what I need from a president. I need him to take the administrative <laughs> things off of, off of Ryan Pulse's right. desk. Okay, now, now you sound like the receptionist in Monsters, Inc. Oh, yeah. What was her name? Mike Wazowski. <laughs> Mike Wazowski. Chuck was furious. This is the one time I'm going to answer this, t- said Top Chuck. Oh, yeah, that's the, from the Keith Kachuk <laughs> fight description. It was a cameo, I think, right? Somebody submitted yeah. that as a cameo. Yeah. yeah. Chuck was furious. <laughs> Chuck, Chuck was furious. Oh, let's use that next time we bring in Swirsk. <laughs> yeah. How is Swirsk doing? I don't he's, know. He's Chuck the- was furious. <laughs> Chuck hasn't been able to dance in weeks because the Bulls are pathetic. Is he still dancing? He dances after wins. I know, but... Oh, does he not post it all the time? I don't think anymore? he posts him anymore. I miss Chuck dancing. Well, I you, do. Should, you should broadcast for a better team. <laughs> Because I don't know if he's got that option. Right I'm just, yeah, no, the Bulls Bulls are not affording it to him. It's rough out there. They don't play tonight. Uh, so it's, it's a great thing. It's a great thing. It's a it's a nice thing. So there's a sporting event with local tie-ins. Damn right. That you're gonna get us really excited for. Oh god. And then not watch. My favorite kind of segment. Higgs <laughs> tries to sell us on something I don't care about. No, Next. Well, but no, yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I've gambled myself interested. Have you? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I I have. I I've gambled myself interested. This is Dan McNeil, am I working with Dan McNeil again? Gambling yourself interested. That's that's quite, it, that's a thing. It, it it absolutely it's sports enhancement. Yeah. But no, not only will you have to sell us on it, that's fine, but there are local tie-ins for both Cubs and Sox fans that are noteworthy. It's next on the score. I got asked about it. I think it was I think it was All-Star weekend, I think. And I- the 23rd and the 24th. They still got multiple options available if you're looking to come out to Vegas to watch the tournament on any of the weekends. Sportsbook, stadium swim, private man caves for groups. It's all available. They also, of course, have odds out for Basically anything and everything. Purdue's the favorite to win the Big Ten tournament, uh, which is taking place in Chicago this weekend and always incorporating the baseball. Take me out to Vegas for the first time in decades. All 30 teams playing on opening day. We'll be celebrating that at Circa. No better place to watch every pitch live. If you're a sports fan, you've got to go to Circa, and we hope to see you uh, the 23rd and 24th of this month for the tournament. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. So you bet on the Dominican, huh? Yeah, when you told me that roster and you could get them at, uh, you know, nearly two to one, I was like, you know what? Why not? I know Speaks is going to be shoving this down our throat. <laughs> so I may, I, may, I, may, I, may, I may as well have some money in it. And then Vlad Guerrero Jr. withdraws because yeah. of a knee injury. And I'm like, oh, my God, I've mushed the Dominican Republic. Uh, but, you know, don't worry about it. It's going to be fine with Machado and Soto and Julio, Julio Rodriguez. Rodriguez and Wander 
Franco. And, and Rafael Devers. Yeah, it's going to be great. And the Cy Young Award winner, Sandy Alcantara at the top. They're, they're outrageous. Cesar Rodriguez. Yeah. <laughs> and the other Cubans. Uh, it's the These Domin- are Dominicans. Domin- and the Dominicans. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Johnny Cueto, baby. Johnny Cueto's on that, on that team as well. Um, but, yeah, the Dominican team is loaded. Team USA is ridiculous. Schwarber. Yeah, it's Schwarber, Trey Turner leading off. Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts and Mike Trout playing together, and they're super psyched to do that. Like Trout texted Mookie and said, hey, let's do this thing. And Mookie's like, I got it now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So Pete Alonzo at first. I mean, it's ridiculous. JT Real Mudo is on that yeah. team. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're pitching a little suspect. Lance Lynn is probably their best pitcher. Adam Wainwright is starting game one for them. So hey, we don't get many. We got better American pitchers. I not not a not Adam Wainwright that. not playing in the Senior World Baseball Classic. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Kendall That's Grave, not good. Kendall Graveman's in the bullpen. You know, for that team. Oh, but, Bra- Brady Singer on the team. He had a good year for the Royals. I agree. I agree. All right. But it's well, so it's, it's, you know. a surprising to see Wainwright getting the game one start. Like the they, fact they can't get Verlander or Kershaw or DeGrom or something like sales. that. Is he still hurt or yeah, what? he's still hurt. Okay. Sales on his way back. Uh, Kershaw wanted to, and the Dodgers said no. So Tyrants. Yeah. Um, so there, there's a bunch of that going on. Um, it, it, Not it, very American I, I, the team, I, by the way. I agree. Dodgers. Um, here, here's the deal. Uh, Tim Anderson on Team USA. Kendall Graveman on Team USA. Eloy is on that Dominican Republic team. Yoan Moncada and Luis Robert play tonight. Cuba against the Netherlands. And those guys are the stars of Team Cuba. Yoenis Cespedes, also on Team Cuba. Still playing, even though no big league team will have it. But that's on tonight. And the Netherlands have Xander Bogarts. Um, among others, they also have uh, Jonathan Scope, and so th- that game is tonight. It's a late first pitch, though. It so, is. So, th- so they're doing half these games in Arizona and half the games in Florida, and some games are in Japan. And so, oh, that makes so it you really got, late. You got some dawn viewing. Oh, if right. you want to see Japan, you know, you know why you want to see Japan though. Shohei. Shohei is not the most interesting pitcher on this team. Neither is you, Darvish. Lars Newtbar. Roki Sasaki is a guy who throws 102. Last year he threw, he was one inning shy of back-to-back perfect games. Like this guy is supposedly outrageous. So He's the 21-year-old. Yes. Yeah. He did a bunch of Roki Sasaki bombs at the, the bar last weekend. They're pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Kind of sweet. So Shohei and Yu Darvish and Roki Sasaki. And then, yeah, Lars Nupar's on the team. And they have a dude who hit 56 homers in the Japanese league. They were supposed to have Seiya, but they don't now. But a lot of people think Japan could win this thing. Man, why well, I already bet the Dominican. I know. All right. Well, now you're telling me Japan's going to win. So, uh, not many big league Cubs. Matt Mervis for Team Israel. Um, Owen Casey, the prospect, playing for Canada. Marcus Stroman is on Team Puerto Rico along with Nelson Velasquez. And Team Puerto Rico has Javier Baez and Francisco Lindor and Edwin Diaz closing out games. Um, Carlos Correa is not going to play, but they have Stroman and Jose Barrios, Yadier Molina is the manager. So, like, there's so many teams loaded with big leaguers in this thing. I think it's cool that the players care. I get why teams are nervous. Carter Hawkins talked about that with Molly and Haw the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also, it's it's a balancing act. Like, so you say the Dodgers you know, aren't really, aren't allowing it. Right, but Freddie Freeman's playing for Team Canada, so they're allowing that. 
So I think it's about Kershaw's arm. Okay, more than so anything. it's more about Kershaw than like an overall organizational thing. Okay, that makes yep. sense. Uh, Canada, by the way, is Freddie Freeman and Tyler O'Neill, the Cardinals, Cal Quantrill of the of the Guardians, uh, along with others. It's just it's it's cool that players get a chance to play for their country, and we've talked about this a decent amount on the show. Baseball should steal from the like Major League Baseball should steal from this. We, uh, it was Liam Hendricks that we talked to about like. The difference in international play, and then we talked about it with uh, Carlos Marmol at mm. uh, at Cubs convention. I think the crowd and the atmosphere at these games is just so noticeably better yes. than it is at big league ball clubs uh, or ballparks around the country. Playing music during the games, and obviously you're not going to be able to recreate like the national pride in one of the these Vuvuzelas. games. Not Marmol, Pedro Strope. Pedro Strope. Yes. Excuse me. Thank you. Uh, it, it, obviously, you're not going to be able to create the national pride aspect for it, nor are you going to be able to create what one game means in a regular season baseball out of 162 to what one game means in a tournament mm-hmm. like this one. So I, I know it's never going to be an apples-to-apples comparison. Right. Just like embracing some of the things that make international baseball in the stands totally. feel more fun. They, they should steal from it. Yeah, I know. I totally agree. Um, Sid, some of the depth here, Team Mexico – has Julio Urias of the Dodgers, Jose Urquidy, Taiwan Walker, all part of the pitching staff, Alex Verdugo, Randy Rosarina, like tons of dudes you know. Um, Team Israel has Jock Peterson and um, the aforementioned Matt Mervis, Ryan LaVarnway. Team Italy is managed by Mike Piazza and has Vinny Pasquantino, the Royals, uh, and a whole bunch of people like that. And then here's the one I didn't realize was so good. Team Venezuela, they're in the same pool with the Dominican and, I believe, with Puerto Rico. Ronald Acuna Jr., Jose Altuve, Sal Perez, Miguel Cabrera. Wow. Right? Yeah, I'm looking at this right now. Luis Arise, um, and then Eduardo Rodriguez. Yes, Eduardo Rodriguez and Pablo Lopez on the rotation, and Ranger Suarez. So, like, that is a good, deep, deep pick. Um, Venezuela could easily win this thing it's a small sample so it's like about yeah let me know your odds on team venezuela kind of takes tanny and i back a little bit that you're surprised the venezuelan team is good (laughs) no way man (laughs) the venezuelan team talented players they're good at baseball i didn't know they were all playing i didn't know like like acuna's been so injured these past couple years i didn't know if he was gonna play did dylan c say why he's not on team usa texters are asking i don't remember him addressing it. Wow, so that's that's interesting. So the Dominican Republic is now, you can get better odds than what I bet him at, of course, uh, since Vlad Jr. dropped out. So they're plus 220. USA and Japan plus 260. Then Venezuela's 10 to 1 as the fourth favorite. Yeah, wow. So a big gap between, uh, you know, USA and Japan at plus 260, then all the way down to 10 to 1 for Venezuela. 14 to 1 for Korea, 18 to 1 for Mexico. Well, here's the so you thing. Think, wait, wait, where's the, the weakness in Venezuela? The, the weakness is that they have to get through the Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico mm, out of their it's pool. The path. Yeah, so it, it's the path. Mm. They're in the pool of death, they're calling it, like they do the World Cup every once in a while for, for soccer, you know? So that you got only two teams come out of that, and you got three really good teams in there. So if Venezuela even gets out of there, that means either the Dominicans or Puerto Rico did not. But, you know, baseball in a small sample is weird. Like, your choices on who to pitch and who to use when matter a ton. Puerto Rico, 21 to 1. 
Really? Yeah. So Speaks, he says that he's just starting to throw a little bit later than usual this year with less kinks to work through in his delivery and arsenal at this point in his career. He said his focus is being fresh for a heavy innings load, so he didn't want to knock out those innings in the WBC. There you go. I mean, it, it's not like I have a problem with it. It depends on, especially as a pitcher, man, you got to like know your body and really be careful. Lance Lynn's like, sure, I will throw um, 18 innings in two days and then throw 250 in the regular season. So you said that the Dominican Republic, Venezuela, and Puerto Rico are all in the same group? Yes. And how many come out of the group? I believe it's two per group, just like it is um, for the World Cup. And then, and then you get into single elimination. And then you get into single elimination. Yeah, it feels like I should hedge there with a little Puerto Rico 21 to 1 action. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Figure that at least one of the DR or Puerto Rico is going to advance out. Yeah. All right. I like it. Second round is single elimination. Um, so, yeah, the first round, every team plays four games in pool play and then single elimination in the second round. Okay. Well, tonight. So, will you stay up and watch this? Like, how, I'm going to try. How many WBC games do you think you will watch? I. Like you think you're gonna watch these games in their entirety, second screen? Are you gonna be packed? Like I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have it on as often as I am awake. It will be on as my companion. Okay, I'm absolutely going in, especially if they are good teams like that. Either you guys, either you guys. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out which one of us is more committed at this point. I bought my Team USA hoodie that I've been sporting around here lately. I don't know how much I spent on that versus what you bet on uh, the Dominican team. So both you and I, I think, are the front runners of supporting the WBC. Being so financially invested yeah, in yeah. the WBC. But yeah, All right. I'll watch. I'll watch a little bit tonight, you know, because I would love to see Moncada and Robert in action and see like their style of play and see what they do. Um, but yeah, especially these late games, that that's the tough sell for me is a lot of the late games, but maybe I'll I'll throw it on and go to sleep to it instead of a podcast. Yeah. You know? uh, if I can listen to it. I don't know if I can or can't yet. So. Jose Abreu not playing for Cuba because he wants to assimilate himself into the Astros and really concentrate. He's got to learn the, the signals for all the cheating because he needs a little bit more <laughs> time reading the book. Yeah, it takes a lot of time. I bought my Team Israel merch. I've got, me and Bernstein are watching it together tonight. Are you really? Yeah, I got, I got a... Uh, no, they're not. No, you're not. You got my yarmulke. <laughs> Gullibles written on the ceiling. You, you, you know circumcision not scissors. We're ready to yeah, go. I, man. I realized that's what stopped me is that they're not actually playing it tonight. Yeah, that, that's what. That's yeah, that, that's, that's when you... I realized I was an idiot. <laughs> wow, that's a little late. I know, I know. Well, I mean, I'm just really. I want Shane to be nice to me ever since he blew me off on the street yesterday yeah, at about twelve. Yeah, you're gonna be waiting. Yeah, oh, that didn't happen. I'm oh, nice to you. A while. We'll answer some questions. Text and twitch them in for one last thing. Parkinson Spiegel on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Been a long four hours. Afternoons on the score. Just one more thing, please. I thought you had a clock to punch. I do. I'm leaving right now. It's time for one last thing. Let's let someone else ask a couple questions. I just want to ask you. And then we'll come back to you. One question. How about that? Let's let everybody else will come back to you. Ask any question. I just want to ask you. For anyone on the show. Question. Then I can figure out who I want to answer to. I don't need your help with that. I just want to ask you. One question. Does anyone else have another question first? I got a question. All right. I just want to ask you. Thank you. One question. One last thing with Parkinson Spiegel on 670 The Score. We like to end the show with your questions. You text them in. You twitch them in. Shane gathers them and asks them. We all answer. What do we got? From the 312, let's start off hot here. There's going to be a new Magic Mike movie. If you were a male stripper, what would your costume be? That's pretty good. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Mm. I think I'd be a golfer. <laughs> just, just one button at a time of the polo uh, shirt down. Stop, to reveal, uh, don't want to picture that. To reveal no chest hair. 
and take it off. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be pretty good. Hell yeah. yeah. Pretty sexy. I think would I would dress like a sexy major league play by play guy. Oh. Oh, yeah. Grab one of Pat Hughes' sweaters. <laughs> you bet. Yeah. Slowly take it off, walk around with my big scorebook for a while, yeah. use it to fan myself because I'm feeling so hot. Wear a Ron Coomer Minnesota Twins jersey. <laughs> yeah. We're a pretty sexy radio show over here. What would you guys do? Yeah, what be? would you guys do? That's a good question. Sexy board op, obviously. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> oh, those headphones are strategically placed. <laughs> You know how many times I saw that last Halloween sexy board op uniforms? It was everywhere. Everywhere. I think I, I'd put on like a Rick Hahn quarter zip. I'd be the Rick Hahn stripper. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Rick, I Rick Hahn White Sox quarter zip. I, I thought he'd go with the apron, like the grill master. Yeah, you know? and, and the, the chef's hat that Wani got you that says Shane on it. The one they didn't wear. Yeah, I forgot to wear it in the steak video. And that video's out, by Wa- the way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I got to see it. Bur- I haven't watched it. Bourbon and a Buddy, the video. It's on the, the YouTube page. It's awesome. It's uh, Shane cooking the steaks that he made for us last Thursday. The filet, the oh, ribeye, and the strip. So good. Is that right? No, filet, strip, and uh, skirt. Strip and skirt. Doesn't okay. Matter, yeah. yeah. Uh, with with Dave Wanstead, it's great. But I haven't actually had too much time to watch. <laughs> the way that Dave Wanstead, like you'll learn about cooking steak, yeah. but the way that Dave Wanstead is mesmerized by Shane yeah. in the video. It's beautiful. He's looking at him like he's a D-line prospect. Oh, he's speechless. Awesome. When's the last time Dave Wansett was speechless? He's watching you do all that. I couldn't that. get anything out of him the whole time. I'm trying to ask him questions to get him going, and he's just looking at the stake. Did you show him your swim move and your bull rush? Yeah. It was amazing. I mean, it, the way, the love. He in tried to redshirt me. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. What else we got? Dino and Mount Greenwood, which one of Spieg's kitchen utensils would you actually use? Oh, yeah, some of the ones I brought. Or just any of them that you have. A dish towel. He gave you a towel. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You can never have too many of those. Probably the, the garlic thing. You went, uh, Tanny, I got two. You want one? Nothing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I probably use the, the, the all-in-one sandwich maker that Ruben got you. Oh, it's so fun. I'm a big fan of those sandwich yeah, makers. Yeah, the sandwich maker's good. You know what you would surprisingly use? The tomato thing. No, I, I hit, wouldn't. Uh, yes, you would. I hit the button and the the like the V-shaped blade goes into the tomato and pulls out the top in the middle of the tomato, just exactly the right amount. I use it every time I, I cut a tomato. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Audio ID kid, which trade shows should Speaks go to for show content? <laughs> Wherever he can get free samples. Exotica, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I'd like to see Speaks at a furries convention. Oh, man. That's a good idea. Again? Go- going around trying to... <laughs> Welcome back, Speaks. <laughs> the AVN Awards. Yeah. Speaks, where you been? I like what everybody wears at those. It's good. It's all good ideas. Yeah. From, the, from, <laughs> from the from the 641, if you could smoke a bowl and watch a game with any ex-MLBer, who would it be? Jack McDowell. Well, he, I mean, he's out, though, because he doesn't smoke. He doesn't, he doesn't smoke, apparently. Yeah, I also stopped drinking a little while ago, too. <laughs> Any ex-MLBer? That's a great question. It is a great question. Where is Pete Rose on the list? That'd be fun. Guy's a degenerate. Great stories. You know he's got a ton of enemies. Um, I, Sean Casey. I want to hang out with Sean Casey and just have him. Popular dude. Oh, and it's some of the stories I've I, I've heard a couple off the air. He's got. He's just a great storyteller, and he's got a million of them. Yeah. AJ for me, for sure. Oh, there you go. AJ Brzezinski, absolutely. Juan Uribe. Yeah. Right, we know. Yeah, we knew. We knew. That was, that was the obvious answer there. Yep. I don't know if you guys saw any other ones, but that's what I have written down. Uh, somebody from the text line speaks wants to know where you can buy the hit and run shirt. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't have one. I don't know where he got that idea. Well, Thank yep, you. there's no t- hit and run shirt then. Yep, there is none. There, there could be. 
if we had control over our t-shirt store. <laughs> We're not allowed to do that, though. Right. Yeah. There, right. there were a couple uh, good ones uh, earlier. He got those. Yeah, he got those. Okay. Yeah. That's all right. Need to wrap. Yeah, there it is. Need to wrap. Well, news of the day, you know, six players ended up getting franchise tagged. The big one was Lamar Jackson, but it's non-exclusive. So, uh, but the Falcons reportedly not going to engage in that. So, if a team wants to sign Lamar Jackson to a contract offer sheet, the Ravens can match or say, bye, Lamar, thank you so much, mm-hmm. and then get two first-round picks from said team. And the Jets reportedly are meeting with Aaron Rodgers in California today with permission from the Packers. I keep thinking about the story we're eventually going to read inside the conversations that made Aaron Rodgers decide to go to the Jets. Remember that piece about Kevin Durant when all those teams came to his yeah. place and he and he chose to go to Golden State, you know? I feel like uh I feel like it's going to happen. I don't know. I don't I mean you get this far. You get permission to talk to them. Oh, no, I know. I'm just saying the act of journalism. Like, I feel like Rodgers is going to just tell the story to McAfee. And so if you did the journalism around it, oh, yeah, you'd true. have to talk to all of the sources who talked to him. Not that it can't be done, but I don't know that Rodgers is going to share it with a print journalist like that. He, he, he did a piece with Mina Kimes one time where he sat down and told her everything. Yeah, he's done. I mean, he's. But, but you're right. He takes control of it now. He'll tell it to Aubrey Marcus. Right. Exa- exactly. So a long form podcast recorded. That seems to be his new uh, method of spreading it out there. And then the Giants franchise tag. Uh, Saquon and signed Daniel Jones to a $160 million contract that could be worth up to 195 over four years. So, good luck to them for that. <laughs> Mark Grody I saw in the hallway. He's coming up. Eric Edholm was on the show today. Blackjack McDowell. Gabe Ramirez with Mark Grody, too. Everyone's oh, oh. favorite Latino. That's oh, nice. Awesome. Love when those guys are together. Yeah. Gabe agreed. and Grody. Right, Blackjack just- McDowell was extremely on the show. He, he was very on the show. He told stories of teaching Michael Jordan how to pitch and then getting in a bar fight with Eddie Vedder in New Orleans. Yeah. And then talking about gambling with Michael Jordan, maybe being the reason why he played baseball, right. kind of. And, the whole thing. and how he'll never be working for the White Sox. But he loves helping out with Little League Fields. It was a lot. Uh, you should check it out. Uh, thank you to Kevin Lapka, Twitch chat, video stream. Thank you, sir. Shane Ritter, our executive producer. Thank you, sir. Chris Tannehill makes us sound better than we are each and every day. For Matt Spiegel, I'm Danny Parkins. We are Parkins and Spiegel. This is the score. Yeah, it was supposed to be you know, all fun and games, but obviously it, it hasn't turned out that way. And if I had offended anybody, it was not the case. It was just uh, friends have, having fun. And um, as I said, if, if I offended anybody in any way, shape, or form, I'm sorry.